PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. I got you. Welcome to Billy D's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? Happy Bill Murray Day. I hope he doesn't see his shadow. Man, I am so behind on my hundo. It's February and I haven't even broke 10 yet. I'll catch up. But this week I saw Richard Stanley's H.P. Lovecraft's Color Out of Space. And I gotta say, Stanley is back. I'm so pumped for this. I've long wanted someone to just give Richard Stanley the time and money he needs to make his films and get the fuck out of his way. This isn't perfect, but it's pretty great, especially for a modernized, but still very faithful adaptation of the short story. I'm also only going to mention this once. Lovecraft was, uh, at best an awkward man, and racist, even by early 20th century standards. And he may have begun to get more progressive before he died super young, but we have to sort of judge the man based on what he did leave us with which were a lot of cool ideas and a lot of easy-to-identify, cartoonishly insane racism. Attributed a lot and encouraged others to pick up the ball of chaos and run with it in every direction. Don't cancel me. Richard Stanley has made the next great cosmic horror movie, which sounds like hyperbole and high praise until you realize how few people that actually may appeal to. Many adaptations of Lovecraft stories wind up being campy and in love with the best area of the Cthulhu mythos. Rarely do they get into the confusion and madness in the way that Stanley did here. Like, shit goes south fast in this movie. Almost too fast, but I get it. You're in the house with the gardeners, experiencing the color out of space. I love that Stanley is tackling Lovecraft's material in this way, because Richard Stanley is an outsider. But he's a very sensitive guy with a lot of passion, and he found a way to make this a story about a family already struggling through some tough times when something extraordinary happens to them. Can't wait to watch this again, and I hope that he gets to make his Lovecraft trilogy. And then a bunch of other weird stuff. We need more people like Richard Stanley keeping it weird and grinding it out. Stay cool, stay weird, Billy D. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing it. Episode 369 of Cinema Crespity So is here. It is Groundhog's Day. That's right. Puxatani Phil did not see his shadow, meaning six more months of Cinema Crespity. So how you doing, Tristan Cogburn? Does anybody even care about Puxatani Phil anymore? And if so, why? The people of Puxatani, Pennsylvania do because it brings in thousands of tourists every year, bringing in hundreds of thousands of uh, tourism bucks to the local economy. Just saying, it's kind of outdated. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> I mean, come on. Isn't it fun? Even now in 2020, we have smartphones uh, and, what, and, and, and Google. We're, and we're relying on a, the words and, of a giant rodent. And we still get down with some good old-fashioned folklore, BS, traditionalism. 
let's 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 pull out the rodents and and check their measurements against the position of the sun on that particular come on man we have to embrace some of that ridiculousness i think in order to to appreciate how we're moving forward i mean if you say so i don't <laughs> Just making conversation. Uh, it is not only Groundhog's Day weekend, but it is Super Bowl weekend, meaning it is a week weekend at the box office. I thought it was the Superb Owl weekend. It's a super. It's that as well. Uh, that's for Harry Potter fans. That's the. It's two weeks before the Quidditch uh, qualifier, <laughs> I believe. That's how you know it's Quidditch season's upon us when it's Super Owl. Superb Owl. Yeah, the Superb Owl. Superb Owl weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah sure, sure. That's the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's a different audience as well. For us, for us movie fans, it's the weekend in which uh, maybe you get some like foreign films or some documentaries might come out this I'm, weekend. I'm Parasite's playing. If you hadn't seen that, now that would have been a good, great time <coughs> for some counter programming. You have still the they do have the uh, the Oscar nominees are playing once or twice a day. Uh, Uncut Gems is playing at some AMC theaters. If Ooh. you want to still see that in, in theaters, uh, so you have options. But that's the thing. There's no real. The new movies that come out this weekend, typically it's counter-programming or it's something that the studios don't really feel like, uh, we don't know about this thing. So that's why this weekend we got the rhythm section. Juice to Cogburn, I went and saw the rhythm section. I'm sorry, dude. I was sitting around. I was like, man, I, I could start watching The Outsider. People love that show. Yeah. People like it quite a bit. Yeah. I could finish reading this book. It's a great book and huh. it's part of a trilogy. I'm like, I still finish that. I can do all these great things. Or, I mean, I'm, if I don't go to the cinema, I'm not whole. I have to go to church, even that mean even on a Saturday afternoon. It's almost like a seven day Adventist. Uh -huh. Some days, some weekends, I'm church seven day Adventist church style. Some days yeah. it's. Uh, I, I don't mind skipping out on church every once in a while, Chris. That's fine. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta. It can't be always. Uh, it can't be. Everyone can't be a, a zealot like I am. I mean, I did do plenty of worshiping at home. You did. That's fine. You can do. <laughs> you did do your own home worship. I, I consider myself a cleric, and as such, I feel like I do have to have my face seen in the house of worship. Uh, but as such, you know, it's not always a joyous occasion. Um, step into those hallowed halls. Sometimes it's a, a horrible reminder of the of, of the lows of, of what's possible with with human achievement. Yeah. Such as the rhythm section. <laughs> uh, here we go. We're talking I about mean, the rhythm section. What? It doesn't surprise me, Chris. It is only in the thirty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What's the average rating though? Like a five? <sighs> Click a like a four? Four out of five. Four out of ten. Five out of ten. Oh, uh, four point seven five. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's not a terrible movie, it's, and it's it not bad. Only made. It's just not good. Wow! Wow! Hey, It was number oh, ten this week. Oof! Oof! My goof. Made two point eight million dollars. Ay ay ay! What was number one for Super Bowl weekend? Bad Boys for Life. Uh, how much? Seventeen point six. Total one forty eight. Man, seventeen million gets you gets you number one on Super Bowl weekend. That's how it works. That's a movie that's been out for three weeks now. Yeah, I mean, dude, number six was Jumanji. Number seven was Star Wars. Still, how much did Star Wars make? One uh, point no, three something. Three point one nine. Three point one nine. Yeah, there you go. How much did it make total? Total five. Star Wars got yeah. five hundred seven. Five. I was about to say domestic. Almost half of uh, Force Awakens, uh, domestically speaking. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, still an incredible figure, five hundred million. That's ridiculous. Three hundred million uh, domestic is an insane number. Five hundred is ridiculous. Um, ten, two, one, two million for the rhythm section. Two point eight. 
So we're looking at uh, maybe it could make about eight to ten million dollars total. Oh boy, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Blake Lively and Jude Law. Uh, let me let's talk about. All right, I saw this movie. Let me let me talk about the things that are good about it. The positives. Okay. There are positives to pull from it. Okay. Positive number one. Uh, it's under two hours. That's great. That's really cool. Positive number two. Uh, Jude Law playing a badass in it. Mm-hmm. Doing good. Okay. I, I'm always appreciative of Jude Law. I like him seeing. I like seeing him doing good work. Mm-hmm. And this one he's doing some pretty good work. It's not a. Doesn't seem like he's going that hard or over the top with it. Uh, he's just believable in what he does. You know, he's Jude Law. Also on that similar wavelength, uh, you got Blake Lively doing a lot of work in this thing, mm-hmm. carrying the movie. I mean, it's her movie. It's her movie, and she's good in it. Okay, she's, good for her. She's, she's, good. she's fine. <coughs> she's fine. No complaints with her whatsoever. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. Mm-hmm. Not in any of the marketing. He's in it. Okay. Pretty decent-sized role. And I always, always like some Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. This guy's good. Bring some for sure real, uh, like seriousness, gravity to a role that like needed. Mm-hmm. It's good casting, good casting. Uh, so acting all around, good, good acting. Okay, it's fine. Uh, it's a it's a movie in which a woman uh, she loses her parents and brother in a car accident, well, a car accident, plane accident that turns out to be a terrorist bombing. Uh, oh, Blake Lively has an English accent the whole movie. She's an English. Woman. Okay, she's an English. Oh, and you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's all. I can, I can do it. She can do it. That type of thing. You know, it's like very subtle. Like is she for a while? It's like is she doing? Oh, I think she is. I think she is. She's not going over the top of it. That's smart. Um, she. Uh, so the movie starts with her like inexplicably. They don't say why. I mean, I guess it just happens. You're like, I can see why people's lives fall apart. She's uh, in a whorehouse, just like a uh, junkie. Uh, uh, although I'm not a junkie, I'm a user. Like junkie, right, fucking junkie. Um, and a journalist comes to her, and it's like, yo, yeah, that accent. It was a bombing. I got info. That's what starts her down the road of like, I want revenge on the people who did this. Okay. Uh, so most of the movie is then her trying to um find the right people to get herself the training to to find out. It's a you know it's a. That's a story that's like, I don't want to say we've seen it before, but we have in a way that it's someone who gets the the t- n- tools and knowledge that they need. To exact revenge. To, to do revenge or doing revenge. We just had Jennifer Garner did it a year or two ago in that Peppermint movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Jodie Foster did a movie called The Brave One where she got a gun and walked around New York City like shooting thugs okay. or something. She was doing her own uh, Death Wish. Uh, 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 what's this other one? Anyway, they're all. They're, oh, that's the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Uh, you gotta you have to adhere to all alarms and signals. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I live my life. Um. Uh, oh, okay, and, and so because of this, right there, there is like she goes on some missions. She has to like kill some people, and there is an action sequence towards the middle of the movie. That's a uh, a cart. Like she she. She's in someone's home. She kills them. She has to get out, but uh, she gets stopped in the way out, so she has to kill that dude, and she steals the cart. And then it's, like, through the, the streets of Tangier. And uh, it's, like, a well-shot action sequence done from inside her car. So she's driving, and the camera's next to her, and it's panning between the windshields or her, and then the back window where she's being chased. Oh, and, and this reminds me of another thing that I did appreciate, especially in this scene. Um, gunshots, mm-hmm. uh, loud, 
Like, okay. Scary. Yeah. When guns go off in this movie, it's like, oh, shit. Okay. You know? Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Exactly. I appreciate that. It's, damn. Um, and it's an R-rated movie for sure. Like, it gets bloody, and um, they don't shy away from that kind of stuff. So, it, it's R-rated. Uh, but it's a really good car chase sequence in the middle. That's like an extended sort of like a, it's like a three minute, like one take that actually kind of feels like the, I think they stitch it together. There's a couple of wonky camera moves. I, I bet you that was a, a stitch, but still it's well done. It's exciting, intense and, uh, enjoyable in a way that a majority of the movie, unfortunately is not. Uh, Most of the movie just doesn't have that tension yeah. or that energy, uh, it's kind of uh, it's morose. It, you know, she's sad, mm-hmm. so the movie is sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are times when, but then the music kicks in with like almost jangly, like uh, upbeats, and it doesn't really match what's, what's coming before. Yeah. Even what's yeah, it's strange. Where it feels like you know the movie, this music should be more intense or or darker than what's happening right now. It's strange. Uh, oh, and then. Um, we have to we have to address the rhythm section. I mean, why, so why is it called the rhythm section? So there's a scene. At, at any point in time, does someone say it? There's a scene where, <laughs> so she's like, you have to go, you have to go do these missions. That's spoiler, not spoiler. You have to go. I mean, it's not a good movie. Yeah, uh, you, you got to go do these different missions. You have to kill these people to to prove that you're this person in order to get closer to your target. You know, okay. it's all, all this subterfuge yeah. kind of stuff that probably works a lot better in the book when you're reading it. Uh, when you have the the growth for the characters and you can explain all the connections better. Mm-hmm. There was honestly, there was a point where they were saying names. I was like, I thought she was supposed to be that person, but that's someone else. Who did you talk about? Um, there's a scene where like you got to go kill this person. He's the drummer in the jazz band at this club in Germany. She breaks into and she kills, and it's the rhythm section. He goes, and she goes, no, that's not it at all. I'm making all that up. I wish there was. There's not a single drummer in this whole movie. No, no one keeping tempo. <laughs> no one playing bass. Even the music itself, the score was oddly like lacking drums. I was like, this thing should be drum heavy. <laughs> there's no. All right, so the rhythm section drew. To answer the question is yes, explained. And explain in such a way that uh, I wanted to Peter Griffin style goes, yep, yeah, that's it. Like, I walk out and leave. Yeah. And it's like halfway through the movie. Okay. It's when Jude Law's character is training Blake Lively's character, uh, like out in the ro- mountains of Scotland or whatever, some shit, uh, trying to teach her how to shoot, shoot a gun. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she has some targets. She takes a couple shots and it's, and she's missing. And he has like, you have to control your breathing. Do you see where this is going yet? You have to control your breathing. It's like the rhythm section of a band. Your, what is it? Your, <laughs> your, he says it like four times. Your heart is the drum, and your breathing is the bass. And then the soundtrack, it's like, doop, 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 and, just, and she breathes, and then bang, bang, bang. She's a crack shot because she, she figured that, out that her, yeah. she has to get her breathing in line. She has to get that rhythm section she down, has to dude. Get that rhythm section down, and it's the bass. So lame. Extremely lame. Uh, and then for the rest of the movie, she's a crack shot. Yeah. She's, she's, so really, she's, she's really good at shooting. So she, super spy. So, clap yeah, it. she's like the uh, the Buddy Miles of uh, assassins. She's got that rhythm. It's like... Very corny, very cheesy. And definitely, again, something that's like, if you're reading it in a book on the beach, you know, halfway through your mojito, I can be like, yeah, this is a fine read. But when you're seeing it in a movie, it's like... Yes, can you law to say the stuff out loud? It's like, oh boy. So there you go, rhythm section. Uh, nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Glad I missed it. Nah, it's missable. 
I'm sorry, guys. It's missable. I'm sorry, Miss Lively. It's missable. I know you like to listen to the show. You're excited for our review, but you know, what, what, what are you gonna say? I just gotta follow my heart. Go with my gut. Go with my emotions. As I walked out of that theater, I was like, man, I'm hungry. What am I gonna do for food? <laughs> that, that was what was on my mind as I left. Uh, that's the only movie I saw this weekend in theater. So let's jump into our media diets. I really haven't watched much. I've been watching, finishing up season two of The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Saw an episode with uh, Dick York from I Dream of Genie. I was like, who is this guy? He looks Whoa. so fucking familiar. <laughs> I looked him up. I was like, oh, it's Dick York. Um, and then uh, a few episodes later, I saw one. Like, this guy I recognized immediately. Motherfucking, even young, he looked old. Motherfucking Don Rickles hmm. is like a supporting actor. Nice. This one random episode where uh, this episode's hysterical. This is the one I was watching last night. This two-headed alien thing that looks like a toaster with heads, uh, complete with like diodes yeah. Yeah. and stuff, shows up where no one can see them. They show up in a bar and uh, like Don Rickles is in there. He's poking fun at this guy and all these people are they're drunk and laughing at each other. And there's this old man who's like a meek dude who's just like oh, just going along with everything. And the aliens are like, all right. We have to see if Earth, if these Earthlings are evolved enough to move on. We gotta let's pick one of these people to give them uh, strength to see what they do. So they find, uh, they pick the weak old man. And they give him the strength of three hundred men, and then he starts going around like using his strength, like breaking rocks. And then he gets in the newspaper, and people are interviewing him and shit. And then the aliens come back the next day. It's like. This is a bad idea. We gave this guy a strength of 300 men, and he's just like showboating. He's not even doing nothing with it. These people are pathetic. We got to take this shit away. So, like, they take it away always in the middle of a demonstration. Oh, it's, nice. it's, it's good stuff. It's very cool. It's very funny. It's good stuff. Um, I finished, I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, The Blade Itself, the mm-hmm. Joe Abercrombie first book in this trilogy. I'm very excited now for a second book. It's things that I thought that they were setting up to pay off in the first book. Pay off in the sequels. It's maybe. paying off in the, yeah, it's coming down. <laughs> like, the, I think it was the last episode. I talked about Fenris, the feared, yes. the, the weird troll mm-hmm. dude. I was like, man, I can't wait to see like, how this wraps up this book. Nope, that was the last of Fenris, the feared. He's in the north somewhere, like, demolishing fuckers. Yeah. And we, I got to wait to find out what's going to happen. Yeah. You got to read some more. I got to read. I got to read a lot more. Two more books worth. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to keep reading them. By Joe Abercrombie, the blade itself was done. The next book is called um, the Rhythm Section. I think what's it called? So, 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 how long until uh, one of these series gets opted for movie, television, Netflix, Amazon? That's the thing. I feel like what's the timeline of these things? If they're if they're not ten years, how long was Game of Thrones out before HBO got in on it? I think it was no five idea. six years for a while. These books were done in the early in like the mid two thousands, and they're popular. Yeah. I see it happening. I just saw online uh, another very popular, very long series called The Wheel of Time has been Ooh, that sounds, optioned. That sounds long. Doesn't it sound daunting? <laughs> it sounds like purposefully daunting. Yeah. The Wheel of Time. <sighs> uh, and then they put out, like, here's the cast, and it's like like a picture of like 30 actors in a grid. And like, God damn, this is going to be yeah. obnoxious. Um, they're doing Lord of the Rings on Amazon, mm-hmm. right? They're a weird version. They're doing, um, also, they're still doing The Wizarding Glass, like Dark Tower prequel that leads up to the Dark Tower series as well all these huge fantasy things that are all like old already yeah so how long yeah what are, when are they gonna do the broken earth trilogy the fifth season and all that because that goddamn the, the effects that it would take and how do you even visualize the stuff in that i don't even know that's <laughs> when they say something's unfilmable yeah it's like well, that's one of those things like how how would you do it and then yeah. of course someone will figure it out eventually and then it's like see it's not nothing is unfilmable 
They even did Tristan Shandy. You know about Tristan Shandy? Tristan Shandy's an English novel, very old English novel, that's like uh, meta upon meta before people even knew what was going on. Yeah. And it's an insane and and uh, sprawling and ridiculous and the ultimate and unfilmable. And uh, uh, Michael Winterbottom did it with uh, Steve Coogan like 12 years ago. They made Tristan Shandy. That I think was pretty well reviewed. Mm-hmm. People liked it. I, I didn't bother because I didn't have the frame of reference to yeah. so appreciate it. Um, so that's it. That's up for me. But Drew, you said you watch a lot this week. Oh, yeah. So let's get into it. What do you got? <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Uh, so obviously watch the new episode of Avenue 5. It's starting to get a little iffy. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, it's only two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if it continues on the track that it's on, and if it doesn't get any funnier, I might abandon shit. Oh, boy. Oh, I see what Hi-yo. you did there. Okay, Avenue 5, not doing too hot, but we'll, we'll give it a few more eps. Well, it, yeah. is a, it is a comedy. That's it a is. No, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. uh, The Outsider is getting stranger and stranger by the episode, oh, so I highly recommend watching that. Gotta get on it. I agree. When um, I was on, I was on full frontal already this week, and they were talking about uh, outsiders. Like shit, I gotta get on that show. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Stevenson showed up in an episode of Vikings, so I was happy about that. <laughs> you, you have been uh, since Rome, I think. Yes, Stevenson. exactly. A Stevenson stand. Uh huh. You've been Stevenson for Stevenson <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> that sounded really weird, Chris. <laughs> oh, I did it now? Yes, it did. I thought it sounded perfectly fine. So I was ha- so I was happy to see that. Uh I'm up to date on the Curse of Oak Island. Did they find the gold? Have they found the treasure? No, no, but they're they are finding crazy things, and they've they made they've basically found the original money pit, which which was lost to time. <laughs> the original money pit. Yeah, like where, where the people first found like yeah, the shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no one's ever found money there but then what did they what then why is it a money pit because people have dumped millions of dollars into trying to find it's that kind of money pit. oh the money pit (laughs) it's that kind of money pit that's right dude watching this show i mean it's been on for like five years now these guys have spent yeah so much money so they must be they must be recouping that money on the all the but it's interesting that i mean it's it's very interesting they are finding things there like that show that like people have been there and like doing things on that island for a long time they are finding legit like anthro uh yeah i mean like actual archaeological evidence like straight up like there was somebody doing something there yeah they they built a uh they they built a slipway Mm -hmm. and they're finding it now Mm -hmm. it right now it's under Eight feet of seawater, so, okay. so so they built a coffer dam. So now everything's dry, and they can actually dig down there. Hmm. But so under eight feet of water, and then un, under another like eight feet of soil, there's an old slipway, and it dates to like the 1200s. Oh, what's a slipway? So that it's basically like a a dock, okay. a, a spot for a ship to come up, and then you can load things on and off of them. So at least the 1200s, there was something going on there. Damn, so what we're talking about. And that uh, is guaranteed. Vikings? You think Vikings were? Uh, 1200s? Nobody has any idea. Uh, <laughs> Ray, Steve- Ray Stevenson's father. 
perhaps Ray Steven father. Yes, but they've they've spent a lot of money fucking doing this. Is it? I I like catching up every once in a while. It's not something I can watch every week because it's they drag a lot of shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know because it's made for television, yes. obviously. Yeah. So like every like couple of months while it's on, I'll just like watch an episode because mm. norm like. If 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 it's anything of any real importance, they'll keep referencing it like throughout the series. Sure. They're like, hey guys, we actually found something. We found something. <laughs> we found something. Keep watching because we're going to show it to you. And then at the end, it's like, yeah. it's a piece of wood that doesn't belong here. Exactly. You're like, Whoa! <laughs> what? Different wood? Is it is it worth anything? No. But it means something. Yes. It's a ridiculous show. I it love, is. I love it. I haven't watched much. I mean, and by that I mean I don't think I've seen a full episode. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. But I love it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Good for him. Uh, watch the first half of season six of BoJack. Oh, okay. First half. I'm writing that down. Yeah, the, the second half just came out this weekend. I haven't watched it yet. But okay. the, this is yeah, the, it's the last half of season six, and that's that's the end of BoJack. Then, then it's all done. The, yes. The, the finale. Uh-huh. It's that's over. the series finale. I got to get caught up on that one. Yeah. I do know that they have, on the 7th or 9th, they're showing, they finally add to Netflix... Season four of Better Call Saul. Okay. Which I missed out on yeah. first time around. So I'm going to watch that. Because then at the end of February on AMC, Start season five yeah, starts. starts. Yeah, so I got to get caught up so I can start watching and, yeah. and then be up on it. You know, uh, like last week, maybe the week before, they some TV station just did, uh, they played all of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And then le- that was leading up to the television premiere of El Camino. Oh, must have been AMC. Yeah, I would imagine it was AMC. Yeah. That's that's smart. That makes sense. I want to start. That's a good idea. Smart guys. Smart guys. You guys, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So the first half of season six of BoJack Horseman. Yay! Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Bueno. It, it, in the middle, like the middle seasons, kind of lingered yep. for me, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it picked back up and it got good again. Okay. So all right, I'm gonna have to get on it. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. What else we got? Uh, I started watching some true crime uh, documentaries. So I watched The uh, Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? And well, me not knowing anything about football mm-hmm. whatsoever, because I don't follow football, I knew that it had happened. Yeah. I knew that there was this guy, and he did this, and did, did, he went to jail, and then he killed himself. Did you know the details of I did, the crime? I, I didn't and, know any. And, and about the bubble gum le- and all le- that stuff? Learned it all in this, yeah. and it was... Fucking fascinating. It is a pretty crazy story. I, <laughs> it's I a crazy story, and, and the documentary was made very well. Did you happen... No, let me rephrase. That was frame that. Take two. Did the documentary happen to get into his sexuality at yes. all? Yes. And, and how... Uh... Yes. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that was a big thing. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was very interesting. <laughs> it, all of it was very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, that, that's like a whole part of the whole thing. Oh, so, and it's, and it's a series, right? Yes. How many episodes? It's a limited, I think it's like three or four episodes. Okay, not and too bad. yeah, not too bad. But it, it's 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 really fascinating, and it, it's just really well made too. Yeah, that so, helps too. Yeah, uh, you can have all the information and still make a old bunko documentary. It's like this is a fucking uh, pain to watch. Yes, like that abducted in plain sight documentary came out last year. It was so fascinating, despite the fact that it was. Poorly made. Yeah. It's like, man, this thing's a hunk of shit. <laughs> but it was like, the story's crazy, though. It was so good. Uh, the Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez, mm-hmm. that's what it was called. Of that broken, yes. that broken mind of his. Yes. Um, man, you have been watching a lot. Of, what else yeah, he had crazy CET as well. CTE? Yeah. CTE. Absolutely. Like, insane. Have. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For being in his 20s? Mm-hmm. Psh, shit. That's sad. 
Uh, also watched a movie. Uh, this is a documentary movie. It's called The Legend of Cocaine Island. Okay, I've heard of this. I've heard of those legends. So the Some uh, of a, of a <laughs> no. So uh, like I, I after watching that, it was like Netflix. Like you might like this, and I just watched like the trailer that goes along with it. Yeah. it's a Netflix documentary. Yeah, uh, and it just had this old white guy. And the line was, uh, northern fairy tales start with once upon a time. Southern fairy tales start with, you ain't going to believe this shit. <laughs> and it's one of those stories. Wow, no shit. Where, like, it, it just, the story itself and the way it all happened and the buildup and the everything, and it was just like, wow. And that was- is just fucking straight up bonkers. Does it take place during the 70s, the 80s? Uh, no, fairly recent. Oh, it's a recent. Yeah. Or cocaine Island. Is it, can we visit Cocaine Island? No. Is it close? It, it's not that kind of Cocaine Island. Oh. <laughs> is it here in Florida? No. Damn it. Off the coast of Puerto Rico. Hey! It was a crazy story about some dumb southern boys doing some ignorant shit. So Those are some... Those Duke boys at it again. Exactly. It was fucking crazy. Okay. Uh, also, Netflix just uh, came out with a new uh, like wildlife documentary series called Night on Earth. Yes, I I watched the little trailer thing for yeah. that looks really good. It is. How many? It's how really much of it did you watch? I watched all the whole thing, and and I watched the making of Night on Earth: Colon Shot in the Dark. Uh, how <laughs> how how much is that? How many like? Oh, I think it was like five or six episodes. They're like forty five minutes for an hour long. Okay. But it's it, how much of it is that night vision? All of it. It's all entirely that crazy night vision. It's, that, it's that, all that, that infrared it's, night vision. It's all either that low light, uh, the the low light cameras. Yeah. Or it's uh, thermal heat vision because it's so dark that, that even that doesn't work. It's like predator. So style. yeah, but it, but the thermal imaging is so good that like uh, in when they get close on the elephants, you can actually see the elephant's capillaries up like around its skin. Like this crazy mandala pattern of capillaries that you can physically see with your eyes. That's wild. Yeah, no, it's, it's all just about showcasing these new cameras and this new technology because, you know, for the long, up until now, unless you brought light with you, Mm. you can't really film anything in the dark. Yeah. So, but for the nature, you know, people doing nature documentaries, they don't can't bring can't bring those lights. If you bring the lights, and the animals go away. Yeah. So now that technology has caught up to what they like, what they want to do, mm. it's they're just getting crazy footage of things Man. people have never. And it's fucking fascinating. It does look. They look really cool. Yeah, it it, it is really cool. Oh, so wow. I highly recommend if you're into nature documentaries, you know all the Planet Earth stuff. It's totally worth watching. The same people, right? The Planet Earth people. No, I think no. It's whatever Netflix's part of that partnership was. Yeah. Because that was a partnership between Netflix and the BBC. Yeah. So that's how they got, you know, that's how they got David Attenborough and fucking all that shit. Right, but, right. Yeah, but, yeah. So this is Netflix still doing that without the BBC. So David Attenborough is not the narrator for this. Right. It's somebody else. All right. Okay. But it's, you know, same quality. Good quality. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Shit. Well, sh- fantastic. Well, shit. Highly recommend watching. I will. I will watch it. All right. Also watch. Yes. Uh, the Netflix documentary series Five Came Back. Uh, this is about the uh, people came back from World War. Well, they got the, the the old school Hollywood directors that 
actually went to World War II to it's like, do- document what the fuck was going so on. So it's like Sam Peckinpah, right? Uh, so it, it, it Samuel Fuller. It's it's Frank Capra, John Houston, John Houston. Ford, George Stevens, and William Wyler. John Ford, man, those John some, Ford lost his shit over there. Those are some men. <laughs> those yeah, guys, those guys were men. Yeah, they were men, <laughs> and they they oh, saw well, some shit yeah. and went through some shit. I mean. What put John Ford over the edge, or was it John Houston? Probably, probably Ford, because Houston continued to yeah. To work so the, John the Ford, 70s. John Ford, I think was was with the troops when they first came upon Dachau. Jeez. He he was there, that and sucks. like nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, so he was one of the first people to see that shit, and it that sucks. Fucking destroyed him. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. After that, he spent three days in a drunken stupor, and then got sent home. That's how you because did therapy they couldn't fucking then. handle it anymore. Yeah, that's how you did therapy yeah. back then for men. For men. Uh-huh. Well, actually, he he actually ma- he actually anyone. made a movie for the army mm-hmm. uh, about PTSD, okay. and, it, and it was suppressed. No shit. Yeah. Interesting. And this was in the forties. Okay. Yeah. So like, back when it was called like shell shock or something. Yeah. Or the, battle the, fatigue. Yeah. Uh, that different names. Yeah. For the it. film Let There Be Light. It was suppressed by the U.S. government. Damn it. That's crazy. It was John Houston, not Ford. Houston, what made um, the Red Badge of Courage, which was uh, 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 well, I mean, seriously, this is—I mean, it was just a fascinating look at old Hollywood. Yeah, the fact that these guys st- left Hollywood. Yeah, went and did basically Hollywood productions in the war. Yeah, yeah. and most of them came out of that whole experience. Uh, after that, they made arguably their best movies yeah, of whole, their careers. They came out wholly, wholly changed after that. Yeah, yeah, because I think after that is when Houston did. Because that was the time out with uh, Red Badge of Courage, uh, Treasure Sierra Madre, Out of Africa, stuff like yep. that. Yeah, um, was that Out of Africa? No, not Out and of it, Africa. It, What's and it, African Queen. Yeah, and and it, it was the stories were told by five modern day directors. Uh, Ooh, Francis Ford Coppola, okay. Guillermo del Toro, okay. Paul Greengrass, mm-hmm. Lawrence Kasdan, mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg. Interesting. And it was narrated by Meryl Streep. It was it was done. Gotta, in, gotta, it was done a, in 2017. You gotta get so a lady old, in there. Not but, old, a couple years. Not yeah, old. but uh, gotta get I a mean, lady in there. It was it was a fresh take on World War II. Sure, because uh, it's a different way to look at it. Yeah, look at it. so Houston, he made like to talk about his manly men and now like the war. And well, stuff. I mean, all these guys made like war propaganda for America. And when he did Red Badge of Courage, he would at least that movie, not every movie, but that movie, since it was such a big production and it was so uh, recreating war scenes and stuff. Because it was a uh, American Revolution movie, he did the whole movie on horseback. He directed from the uh, on top of a horse. So imagine, you know, getting your orders from a guy looking down at you like he thinks he's an actual general yeah. barking at you, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, cry more, you fancy. <laughs> oh shit! Yes, Mister Houston, you don't know where I've been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, five came back. What did you watch? That? That's all Netflix. It's a Netflix as well. Netflix, okay. Anything else? What and else? also, I started watching this series called Abstract: The Art of Design Ooh. on Netflix. Okay. And it just it talks to designers uh, in you know different fields and how they you know basically do their job yeah. and how they see the world. And I watched. There were four of them that I watched. I watched. Uh, the one on typeface design mm-hmm. with, with Jonathan Hofler, mm-hmm. who you you don't you don't know this guy's name 
but you Those have work. you you've worked with his work. You've seen his work everywhere. Mm. He's he's that guy he's that for guy. fonts. Gotcha. Uh, also, uh, he's a Thomas Kincaid of fonts. The the one on Polishier for graphic design. She's an, another lady mm-hmm. who. This is the lady who made the Boston cover in the seventies, and she's been doing work that you've seen mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. for ever since then. For my whole life, yeah, for my entire life. Yes, your, your entire her. life, she has been doing graphic influencing design. And you the have way seen her work. I've, influencing I mean, the she, way I've seen the world. She did the fucking Citibank logo. See it all the time. So see it all. The I time. mean, she, yeah, she's done. She she's like the godmother of graphic design. Interesting. Okay. Very fascinating. Did uh, they have one a uh, graphic design? Did they have one on Saul Bass? I don't think so. Interesting. Uh, there's one with this lady named Neri Oxman, and it's about uh, biological-inspired architecture. Ooh. And Penis buildings? No. Vagina tunnels? No. It's I, th- This woman is fucking fascinating. She's super smart mm-hmm. and just has this way of looking at the world that like it, like it I envy. Like It is ridiculous. Interesting. And also... How uh, long are these eps? About 45 minutes long. Okay. And I also watched the one, uh, the design of art with this guy named Olafur Eliasson. And he is probably one of the most fascinating people I've ever seen a documentary on in my mm. entire life. Really? Just he people did, in general. Yeah, just people. And so, some of the, like, the, the architectural bio lady and the, the artist guy, they, the way they see the world is just like, they are so far beyond. Like I could, like yeah. I'm very glad there are people like this on this planet. Sure, because <laughs> we can't do it. No, so they got to do they it. See, they, see, they just see the world so incredibly differently than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's amazing Fair. and fucking fascinating as hell. Uh, but this last guy is like the most. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean, just most fascinating. The, the 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 way he just like runs the episode, like he makes you an active participant. In the episode. Oh, wow. That's hard to do. And he does it flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just the way his mind works. Hmm. Like, this is just the way he, he thinks and sees and deals with the world. And it's just like, what? Give me a lot, give me a lot to watch this week, Drew. Yeah, I watched a lot. I was surprised at the quality of a, a lot of the stuff that I watched this week. I'll, I'll, most, most, of the do- most of the documentary stuff was on Netflix. It was really good. Look at that. Yeah, Netflix, 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 Bojack, Netflix. So at least Netflix is spending some of their money well. You did a little Stan Vincent for Stevenson. You consider the outsider. You may stop Avenue 5. All right. Hmm. Damn. That's what you've been reading. I, I picked up that book. Any video gaming? I've been playing Civilization. More so, you've been playing that for, yeah, for a minute. Yeah, playing it for a while. Right I, I kind of got stuck in a spot on that uh, Star Wars Jedi game. Yeah. And I don't want to put down the uh, difficulty level because, mm. you know. You're not a pansy. Exactly. You're not a... Uh, uh, so I got to take some time off from it and then... Step back. Exactly. And then you come back stronger than ever. Hopefully. You'll be like, what was, what was I yeah. freaking out about this whole time before? Mm-hmm. I don't so I'm not really playing anything except Civilization these days. And those games are like... I mean, to complete an entire game, it takes like eight hours. Goodness gracious. So, like, it's like a process. <laughs> like, you're playing the same game for yeah. a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness, wow. That's uh, a lot of playability. That's yeah. good. That's good. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Drew. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot, of, yeah, a lot for people to, yeah, a lot of different things, like uh, different interests that hopefully someone will enjoy. Um, okay, let's take a break. Chomp. 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 We're going to come back in a second. 
We got a couple of uh, emails. I got, uh, I tr I'm trying to do a new thing now where uh, we're going to do a comment question thread in the Facebook group. And then you're just going to pick and choose whatever you want? Pick and choose, then read the questions, and we'll answer them. And then uh, I have a ton, a whole ton of new stories. Probably won't be able to get to them all. So let's take that break, and then we'll be back for the second half. Here we go, guys. Second half happens now. Three, six, nine. March 6, 2009. That Friday is when Watchmen came out in theaters. Oh, yeah. Right. 369. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Uh, 369. That's the name of this episode. Number of this episode. Name of this episode is Drew Stevenson for Stevenson. No, it's <laughs> a long, it's a long it's a word. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, that's, that's long. It's not necessarily not... wordy, just a lot of letters. Pick something shorter. Okay, Cinema Crespediso is on Patreon, patreon.com slash Crespediso. Shoutouts to the new patrons we got in the last couple of weeks. We appreciate you guys. We continue to fail upwards with patrons in the low 20s. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're fantastic. We appreciate you more than all these miserable freeloaders. Who are listening right now? Who are listening right now. You guys are okay, I guess. Uh, Drew, where can people find you online? At Antihair419, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, follow at Drew Chicago on Twitter. It's not me. That's right. They do a great job. A great job. A great job. I think still stuck at 49 followers, though. Guys, come on. Follow this account. It's a good account. Lots of lots of middle finger emojis and repurposed Instagram photos. I recommend it. Um, I am on Twitter at I am Chris Crespo because there's like 50 Chris Crespos on there. None of them are verified and they won't verify me. And uh, do I need it anymore? Fuck Twitter. At this, garbage. Point, at this point, who gives a shit? But I'm also on Facebook and I hate Facebook so much. I want to get off it. God, it's so garbage. They... But I, I got to promote stuff. How do, I, <laughs> how do I do things on the Internet if I'm not on the Internet, Drew? Oh, you can't. That, that Therein lies the problem. The rub. There's the rub. And not a good rub like the one in my pants. Ooh. Oh, what? Um, Patreon, Instagram, Cinema Crespity. So, and then um, you can email us Cinema Crespity. So at gmail.com and we will read it on the show just like this. Drusic Ogburn got an email from Scott. What's up, Scott? He's the man. Uh, the subject is my rhythm section experience. Oh, awesome. We also have the rhythm. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> a weird thing happened to me when I tried when I tried to watch the rhythm section today, oh. and I wanted to run it by you guys. Okay. The crux of it is, I fell asleep. What? A, a lot. <laughs> I fell asleep a lot. Like many times throughout this movie. Oh, wait, can I fall asleep? <laughs> I, I recognize that the theater experience is often quite conducive to optimal sleep conditions. Yeah. It's dark and cold, and if you happen to eat a meal before the movie, you're really setting yourself for a good nap, yes. especially if the movie hits a slow patch. So here's my day. I went to the mall, ate at the food court, then bought a ticket for The Gentleman. Stayed wide awake through that. Okay. Great movie. Okay. But after Gentlemen, I snuck into the next showing or the rhythm section. Oh. And suddenly, my consciousness took a severe nosedive. <laughs> I know you've all nodded off for a minute or so in a theater at one time or another. Absolutely. But I truly slept. 
I even dreamt during the movie multiple times. <laughs> In fact, while asleep during this movie, my dreams were still about this movie. Oh, that's weird. I dreamed alternate plot lines and endings to the movie. It was so fucking weird to wake up for the third time to a movie that you thought you'd already seen the ending <laughs> to twice. That's strange. That feeling of, oh my God, it's still going, is quite hard to take when you snap to attention when you snap to attention in a blacked out theater. Hmm. When I finally woke up proper, it was just in time to witness the last 20 minutes of the movie. Holy shit, where did Sterling K. Brown come from? Yeah, yeah. if you're not paying attention, it's like, what? Suffice to say, the marketing spoiled the ending, like shot for shot, damn shame, and sadly, each of my dreams were better endings than the movie had to offer. But the worst part of it is, even though I literally sat through this entire thing, I honestly didn't see enough of the rhythm section to give it a proper review, much less count it towards my hundo. Wasted time, at least. I didn't pay for it. Also, this is not a spoiler. The movie explains its stupid title with a... And opening voiceover, it makes no sense whatsoever, and it doesn't get anybody any better from there, because they keep pounding it and pounding it. It's dumb, but I heard it at least three times. I remind you, I was asleep for most, for more than half of this movie. And so Chris drew a long road to a ridiculous question. All right. Have you, <laughs> have any of you ever fallen asleep during a movie while still dreaming about the same movie and then felt disappointed that your dreams were somehow better than the movie itself? Take care, guys. Scott. I fall, I fall asleep through my fair share of movies for sure in theaters, but I've never then proceeded to dream about said movie. And then, <laughs> and oh. then see alternate endings in your dream that are better than the actual movie. That sounds, no, that, sound, that sounds like a pretty... Singular instance, maybe. That sounds like Scott uh, slipstreamed into altered dimensions <laughs> where he saw another dimensions version of the rhythm section. That was better, apparently. That was better, yeah. <laughs> it's the same dimension where Sam Rockwell is a movie star. Yes. And, you know, yeah, uh-huh. Hillary Clinton's president. Uh-huh. You, know, <laughs> you know, the world's working towards... Uh, Green like, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've, yeah. we've already shut down all the coal plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop drilling out in the fucking middle of the ocean. Uh, uh, but, but... Uh, uh, all water in the world uh, acidic. Apparently now, terrible, yeah. terrible water mm-hmm. uh, problem. Yeah. Can't all be roses. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think Scott, you uh, you were you're falling in and out of uh, the dimensional reality more so than just actual conscious consciousness. <laughs> no. Which sounds envious. Really, I kind of wish I'd seen your, I, the endings to your movie. I would have liked to have seen that <laughs> kind of uh, yeah, especially and, and he's right too that the trailer does give away. What would have been a very tense moment? You're like, well, there's no tension this time because I've seen the trailer yeah. a dozen times. I know exactly what happens here. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like a further twist later that happens, like a few minutes later. We're like, I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was gonna care about this? Nah, I don't care about this. Because um, well, the movie just wasn't that good, Chris. I fell asleep in the last time that I went out drinking, and then. On purpose, like went had some drinks at a bar and then walked over to a movie theater for a midnight screening was Hellboy 2, Golden Army, in which I proceeded to sleep through half of it. And at that point, I was like, I'm too old. <laughs> I wasn't that old. I was like, in I, my can't, I can't do these midnight shows I was, drunk I, anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. I will sleep through movies that yeah. I want to see. <laughs> uh, and then it wasn't even that good of a movie. Anyway. No. I slept through a majority of... Star Wars Episode 2, The Attack of the Clones, the second time I saw it. Okay. Because, first off, it was the second time watching it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this movie's boring. <laughs> uh, and then also, I was in college that time, so I was heavily sleep-deprived. Yes. 
As we all were. So I also, for various reasons. For various reasons. So also in college, I slept through majority of the Matthew McConaughey, Steve Zahn film, Sahara. Well, for good reason. Also, it was a terrible <laughs> movie. It's also a terrible movie. Yeah. I slept through a fuck through that. <laughs> I slept through... Um, I can't think of the most recent thing I, I actually like straight up slept through. I don't think I've ever slept through a movie. Uh, Silence, I was struggling because it was like an 11 o'clock show. Oh. I was tired. It was a three hour slow as fuck movie. I'm mean, not struggled through movies, but I don't think I've ever yeah. fallen asleep. Fall asleep and yeah. especially back in the day, like I need like legs up, like almost full recline for my body to be like, oh, sleep time. Yeah, that's true too. I don't put so, my, I don't put my legs up in the recliners. Yeah, like, no, I I, yeah. I purposely don't because I think the first time I did, I was like, this is way, way too comfortable. Too comfortable. Yeah, I don't do it because I wear shorts and I want my bare legs touching on the leather that they ain't Ugh. that shit. I ain't trying to get no. a staph infection. Um. So yeah. All right. There you go. Oh, and Scott, you didn't waste your time. It's not like you get yourself. A good day of sleep. I was about to say, it sounds like I had some cool dreams, too. Yeah, it sounds like you had some food, you saw a decent Guy Ritchie movie, and then you got it. You took a nap yeah. in a in an air a climate-controlled environment. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good day. Sounds like a pretty good day to me. Uh, all right, thanks, Scott. We appreciate it, buddy. Part of the Canonical Five. Uh, what else we got? We got an email from Erica M. What's up, Erica? And it's, I guess it's for me. It says, hey, Drew. Hey, Drew. Was curious on your opinion about the following. All right, here we go. Movies. Movie you're looking forward to the most coming out this year? Ooh, that's a big question. Hmm. Got it. What's coming out? We did that. Whole... I mean, the 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 thing that I'm probably looking the thing. For... No, no, not the thing. <laughs> Although I heard apparently a remake is coming out of that soon. Yeah, sure. So, we'll talk about that in a couple I, minutes. I, I, I don't. I don't care the, about that. In the news uh, I, I right now, Tenet is probably number one on my list. Hell yeah! Is it just because you know Christopher Nolan? Even though I think I already worked out what the movie may or may not be, and if that's the case, I'm not only going to be very impressed with myself, I'm going to be a little angry with myself too. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'll for sure. 100%. But it looks wacky as fuck. So looking, looking forward to that summer. And then yeah. there's also for me, it's that in Dune. Yeah, at, at is Dune coming out this year? December. Okay, then yeah, I mean that too. I saw the. That logo leaked. The logo that leaked, yeah, yeah, that they've been trying to pull down off yeah. the internet Please since then. It's, it's fine. Just it's fine. It, just, guys, just fucking put it out there. Just put Let it everybody out. see and freak out. And They're waiting until probably the summer. Because usually the, the marketing lead up is six to seven months. I know. So what's that? We're talking then June, May, June. Yeah. Uh, Little Monsters on Hulu with Lupita Nyong'o. Don't know anything about that. You don't know nothing about that? Nope. How about you, Chris? No, I don't know. No, nah. She's thinking your opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying. I'm I don't just, have an opinion. I've never seen it. I'm just trying it in because it's my show and I have a need to talk. I don't really watch Hulu that much, although I probably will start watching more soon. It's got plenty. It's good stuff on Hulu. Hulu's yeah. good. It's okay. Uh, the rumblings of there being a follow-up to Train to Busan called Peninsula. And that sounds like fun. I like South Korean zombies. Hell yeah. That's a good movie. So, But then I heard that Soul Station was bad. Yeah, because I watched it and it was. Oh, you watched it, but it, that, that was that was an animated prequel. Sure, that's different. if this is going to be a live action sequel, I'm more more especially if it's made from the same people who made the yeah, first one. Yeah, then I, I'm more prone to watch absolutely, that probably. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, on TV, Netflix TV, Ozark season three. Uh, I never watched season one or two. You don't watch? I thought you watched season one. I never watched Ozark. People, I mean, everybody seems to. It's just there. Yeah, there, like there are show. so many of these, like, kind of like dark 
movie yeah. or movies and TV shows yeah. that are like very, you know, they're heavy and they're themed, very adult and this, mm. that, the other. It's about drug dealing or yeah, yeah, money yeah. laundering uh-huh. or something. Yeah, and, and I mean, most of the time I'm super into that, but I'm trying to get a little bit lighter with my sure. programming these days. Gotcha. So More. like like dark, even that show dark is on my list. Mm-hmm. I, just, I haven't watched it yet. It's a German one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Ozark. I mean, it's on my list. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, that list is long. Oh. That list gets longer and Mi- longer. Miliano uh, recommended that uh, Japanese one. Uh, what is like Hiri Kaji? Hiri Kaji. It's uh, it's like honor duty or whatever. Okay. So apparently, it's a yakuza thing about this guy's brother who does awful things. But so. It's about the honor of the Yakuza, but the duty to his brother. Ooh. So, okay. but it's supposed to be very good. Okay. But once again, but, but, it, but it's but dark. It's not what it's you're not, looking for no. at this moment. Exactly. Yeah, so. I got you. Uh, then, uh, who do you think would win in a battle royale? Here we go. You, you can get in on this one too, Chris. Let's do it. The Simpsons. Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. American Dad. In a battle. In a battle, in a battle royale. royale. Uh, an actual straight up fight. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're talking cartoon rules here too. So. If it's cartoon rules, then you got to imagine that uh, uh, Rick going to use some sort of like crazy I was about to say Rick and science, Morty all the way, right? So, like, <laughs> crazy ray gun to yeah. just destroy everyone. Yeah. Maybe Stewie in his world, he has similar capabilities. I mean, Stewie, Stewie is at old school Stewie, especially old school Stewie. Yeah, yeah, he was a lot smarter when he was. He younger, was well, he, no, he was just a lot more ambitious, evil, ambitious, yeah. And evil. Yeah, he's got lazy over years, just like the show itself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like Stewie and Rick could have some good battles. Yeah, but, but it's Rick, right? Simpsons get I, loud. I mean, I would say Rick and Morty. I love yeah, the Simpsons. They're all my the fa- Although those shows, the Simpsons are my favorite. Yeah, but they lose in a battle. They get plowed. Yeah. Even oh, cartoon rules, they get plowed. Destroyed. Even with, like, uh, if they bring Itchy and Scratchy into a yeah. destroyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, American Dad, what, dude? He's got an alien that uh, does nothing. Oh, yeah, lazy alien. Lazy alien, and a fish in a bowl. And uh, and he likes guns, I guess. Right? What's his name? Stan. Like I said, I, I think Rick and Morty for the win. Rick and Morty for the win. That's the wrong button. And side note. Side how, note. How do you not go crazy with the impersonations? Uh, I do go crazy uh, a little bit more every time Chris does an impersonation. I don't know what you're talking about. The impersonations. The impersonations are good, true stuff. I mean, the way I see it, if no, no matter what, whether. I tell them they're good or whether I tell them they're awful mm-hmm. to his yes, face. Yes, yes. They, they continue. I don't understand why, so. why you even <laughs> want to think they might be terrible because it's actually very good. If you think about it, they're actually quite amazing because they are very subtle. And also, sometimes you think of the impressions. Trusta, the impressions are like nature. Sometimes. Where they seek to destroy you. Yes. The birds are crying in pain and anguish. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. See, we've got a whole room full of people here. Look at that. <laughs> So yeah, couple, I go a little, couple, I got, I go a little a, more a crazy every time a more I crazy. Yeah, hang out with this annoying motherfucker. <laughs> I'm out of my brain. I don't have my brain in my head. but I don't know why you don't like the impressions. I think the good impressions, especially some of the impressions most I mean, people aren't doing. I mean, you're wrong, but it, it's okay. It's fine. I mean, anyone can do a walk-in, but not many people do a Jeremy Irons. I'm like a real Frank Caliendo. Here. <laughs> like a real Rich Little, this guy. So awful. You know this. why? You know why I'm like Rich Little? Because like I do the impressions without jokes. 
Just, no, it's just Chris, merely Chris, that, that was Rich Little style. Chris, the, 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 the impression is the joke. And then the impression itself is a joke. Well, see, then, well, then it actually becomes funny that way. I, not really. Ah, see, in a way, you admit it. You admit it, Drew. You did no, it. I, I admit that it's a joke. I did, did not it. admit that it was funny. You admit, you admit it, the humor is there. What's, what's a joke? It, it could be perceived that could, way. There could be perceived perhaps. as such as a way to be perhaps providing humor. Uh, let's see here. Is that that's the end of the email? No, yeah, that was all the emails. That's all the emails. All right. That's all that you gave me at that point in time. So let me let me pull it up now. We're going into Facebook. We have a Facebook in the Facebook group. Join a Facebook group in uh, on the Alyssa's website, um, Facebook.com. Join us in the Crestwood group. Find a thread. There'll be one every week now, if I remember to do it. Gabe asked if I were to ask a question, it might be well, just ask the question, Gabe. Did you notice how they changed foreign film to international film? Oscars so woke. Did you notice that, Drew? No, but I, le- I mean, that. I that guess really- it sounds better in like a PR sense. Because it's like, uh, instead of the dirty foreigners, it's just, no, oh, it's just international. international. No. Yeah, I guess it's. Yeah, it's a little less. I guess it's a little more PC. Yeah, it's, it's like when you go from calling um, Chinese people Orientals to, to Asians. Yeah, or fags to gays. Whoa, Drew! I mean, it was all my. It was the only reason why it was on the tip of my tongue is because we watched fucking Teen Wolf this week, and that oh, that, yeah, that fucking f bomb came out of nowhere. That came, up, that came up. I was like, "Whoa, guys, gay panic, not, <laughs> not cool." No, 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 no. I'm just a monster instead. Yeah, just no, a monster. don't worry. Yeah. I'm a monster. I'm not gay. Yeah, I'm not gay. No, what? I'm just a. I'm just a bloodthirsty monster. What? Who likes basketball? Uh, yeah, I'm man. The '80s were weird. Carmella asked, "What is Drew's favorite cologne?" I mean, I'm not really a cologne guy, Strack, uh, Noir. but it is Drakkar Noir, yeah. <laughs> it's really the only one I, I, I really buy. Uh, Billy Devine, does the rhythm section's terrible title make sense once you've seen the movie? Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, Carmella asks again, rhythm method, yeah or nay? I don't understand. The rhythm method. You don't know rhythm method? No. It's pull-out method. Oh. No. No? Very uh, unreliable. You gotta know the cycle. You gotta know where your lady's at in the on her at what point she's at in her cycle to know if she's during that fertile period or not. Uh, makes it more or less, uh, you know, foolproof or or yeah, highly risky. Yeah, it is a total fucking guessing game, Chris. <laughs> no, it's not a guessing game. No, a woman knows her cycle, and there are there's a certain period there where she's more fertile than others. Than other days, there's some days you can just go to town and it's like you don't you gotta worry about nothing. But then there's other days where it's like. Uh, yeah, Chris, I oh, hope you got the crib picked out. That, that oh, is, hope you got the, the blue and that, pink paint waiting to go. That is not a risk I am willing to take. Oh, sure, yeah, no, I mean... So you're a nay. Correct. You're a nay, okay. So rhythm section, nay. Rhythm method, also nay. It's a double nay. Mm-hmm. Double, double nay for the, the rhythm's gonna get you. The rhythm's the rhythm it's gonna, get, gonna you, get you, Chris. <laughs> I'm gonna get you fucking pregnant. Rhythm method's gonna, gonna get you. Tonight. Uh... That's it. That's it for your questions, guys. So um, the thread will be there. If you want to use it, use it. If not, then don't. See see if I give a shit. All right, here we go. We have uh, a whole bunch of stories to jump into. So someone uh, talked at the New York Post, talked to a bunch of uh, Academy members and got them to get on record anonymously about why certain movies were nominated and certain other movies were not nominated. Okay. And what is it? Like some sort of groundbreaking revelation? No, absolutely not. Don't let me see what are you gonna get. Uh where's some where's some good quotes? 
This is a, a longtime character actor and Academy member. Doesn't say who it is, so let's pick someone. Um, William Hurt. First of all, Hustlers is not an Oscar movie. It's a little too rough around the edges, and I'm assuming some other people in the acting category didn't see it. Florence Pugh seems to have gotten the J-Lo spot, maybe because Little Women is a prestige movie, and she's a bright new star. This person goes on to say, maybe it's not William Hurt, let's say it's uh, Steve Buscemi. Actors need to tend, tend to think of Jennifer Lopez as a phenomenon more than an actress, per se. It's like last year when Lady Gaga lost the Oscar to Olivia Coleman, a real actor's actor. That did happen last mm-hmm. year. Lady Gaga was yeah. like supposed to, quote, supposed to win yeah. for A Star is Born, and Olivia Coleman won instead for um, The Favorite. Um, even those who enjoyed Sandler's Uncut Gems said there remained skepticism. The same character actor. I don't know, Paul Giamatti. Let's say it's Paul Giamatti. That performance was a tour de force. He's emerging as a truly great actor, but then he does cheesy Netflix comedies that are really dumb. Yeah. I mean, he does, but it doesn't... Apparently, he's doesn't got negate, the fucking chops. Doesn't Just, negate on Gunca Gems, right? I'd like to say, it, that, and, and that doesn't mean that you know his bread and butter can't be sucking something... St- I mean, look at Tyler Perry. Like, his bread and butter is, like, the, the dumbest. dumbest stuff in the world. But you know what? It yeah. makes... Fucking money. So every once in a while, he can go off and try to be fucking whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know? You're right. Do this, do that. This uh, character goes on to admit that, as with Hustlers, some voters might not even bother to watch Aquafina's The Farewell or Sandler's Uncut Gems. There are a lot of movies, a lot of performances per year for us to watch. Unfortunately, actors become brands. Sandler's brand doesn't scream Oscar, but Leo DiCaprio's and John and Price's do. Both those people nominated right. for awards. Um, there are 1,300 voting members in the acting branch. Oh, also, huffed a voting member. There was an arrogance to Adam Sandler. It's a lack of respect when he went around doing the mar- the media stuff. And, like, he went to, on Howard Stern and was like, look, if I don't get nominated, I'm going to go and make the worst fucking movie on purpose possible. You know, like, joking, obviously. Yeah. But now this guy's like... Or lady, who knows? It's like it's arrogance. Why would we nominate a person who's so arrogant about the? Well, I, did you see the movie the, and his performance in said movie? Because I'd be a little arrogant too if I was Adam Sandler. Seriously, I'd have been like, I'm out here killing it, and you guys don't see fucking anything. Um, yeah. So it's just some interesting quotes there, but yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, yeah, who cares? <laughs> It's a bunch of bullshit and tomfoolery, and you know goddamn well that the day after the Oscars, that night, we will be releasing a Patreon-only bonus episode in which we recap the winners and I talk about the broadcast. Because I'm not going to watch it. And I'll, I'll tell you about what you, all the crap you missed. I'm like, this was dumb, that joke was stupid, and these people were idiots. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least there's no host, so. <laughs> Thank God. So only go half an hour over instead of 45 minutes. It could probably go longer. Hugo Weaving calls Marvel impossible. Okay. But not necessarily in the way he thinks. He goes, talking about playing Red Skull, mm-hmm. Captain America vs. Avenger. Oh yeah, I love playing that character Red Skull. It was a lot of fun. We were all obliged to sign up for three pictures. I was thinking Red Skull wouldn't come back in Captain America, but he may come back as a villain in the Avengers. But then they pushed back on the contracts that we agreed on, and so the money they offered me for the Avengers was much less than I got for the very first one. Well, you'll be in the movie for like a whole five minutes. Yeah, but the, what he's saying is they already had pre-negotiated numbers. Yeah. And now he's saying, no, now they're changing them numbers. 
the promise when we first signed the contract was that the money would grow each time. They said it's not just a voice job, it's a big deal. I actually found negotiating with them through my agent impossible. And I didn't really want to do it that much. But I would have done it, end quote. So he was game enough. He just wanted the money to be right. Terrence Howard left for a very similar reason. Yeah. He wanted straight up more money. Uh, I don't know if they were offering him less or renegotiating, but when it came time to do Iron Man 2, yeah. it's like, I want more. And they're like, no, this is what we already said we were going to give you. And he's like, well, no. then I'm out. And they're like, it's, well, like we... you're, it's like, you weren't Iron Man. We need to give Robert Downey Jr. more money. Sorry. Yeah. He's getting the money, is unfortunate. Yeah. And, and then Don Cheadle's like, I'll take the... <laughs> he's like, I'll take that shit. I'll take, like, seven movies. What's that time seven? <laughs> all right. Um, all right, let's see here. Next story. Uh, oh, shit. Bad Boys for Life, guys. These these directors. Bad Boys 3 for Life. Adil... Yes, Bad Boys 3, colon, for life. Adil L. Arby and Bilal Falau. Okay, whoever these guys are. Um... Belgian, actually, the Belgian dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's how they got their start. Uh, made a couple, uh, obviously, low-budget Belgian crime films that uh, did pretty well. One played Sundance. Um, Will Smith saw it. Was like, I like these guys. Maybe this is how we. Uh, maybe they do Bad Boys. No. So that's how they got Bad Boys. Okay. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer saw the movie as well, uh, and it's like, yes, let's let's see if these guys can do uh, Bad Boys. And at the same time, he told them. We're also doing Beverly Hills Cop 4. Are you interested in that? And they're like, yes, absolutely. So they are now in a position where they may have to decide. Oh, which one to do? What are they going to do for Jerry Bruckheimer? Bad Boys 4 Life. 5 Life. Bad Boys 4 <laughs> Life 2. <laughs> the Ammo Division. Or BHC 4. Um, and the thing is, Jerry Bruckheimer is producing both. Yeah. So they're going to do one of them, most likely. They're doing one of them. Uh, they also found out about the sequel for Bad Boys for Life, the new one announced online. They found it the same as everyone else. <laughs> look at, oh, hey. Look, look at that. I wonder if we're going to get to do it. <laughs> Fortunately, they have all the right people's phone numbers to be able to call and be like, be like yo, can, are, are we doing this? Yeah, because, I mean, we did the last one. Or so. are you moving on and, and can we do, uh, can we meet Eddie Murphy finally? Um, David Leach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, half of the directing team of John Wick went on to do Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. He's done a bunch of the uh, <clears throat> second unit action stuff for some movies. He did second unit action for Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey has screened. Uh, this is a separate story. Birds of Prey screened, uh, Drew, and it's largely very well liked, very okay. well reviewed. People say the energy's crazy. Robbie's great. McGregor's great. Sags a bit in the middle, but what movie doesn't? Yeah. Um, and that the action is fucking bananas. Well, when you have second unit. Second unit David Leach guy. <laughs> second unit John Wick guy. That's what they were doing anyway. Before yeah. John Wick came around, they were doing stunt stuff and second unit stuff. Um, he also, obviously, Hobbs and Shaw is yeah. then what he did most recently. He's found his next project. It's a project that's been kicking around for a minute. Both in TV fashion and movie fashion, he's jumping in bed with Universal Pictures to work on the new version of Kung Fu. Okay, makes sense. Sure, makes sense. Yeah, more action stuff. No, yeah, uh, and I mean, at least it'll 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 be a Kung Fu movie where you actually see what they're doing. You see some actual Kung Fu. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if they made this in like 2002. Oof. Paul Greengrass's Kung Fu. Um, the original, obviously, as everyone knows. 
starred David Carradine, but was developed for Bruce Lee. Yeah. Then they took it away from him because they're like, oh, you know what? We don't think American audiences will care for an Asian guy. Wait a minute, you talk funny. You talk like an Asian guy. We don't want that. We want a, we want a white guy to play our Asian dude. Um, so we'll see. David Lynch doing uh, doing kung fu. That could be pretty good. Oh, going back to Bad Boys. So remember that scene where the, that old lady shows up as an MC. It turns around. Oh, it's Michael Bay. Oh yeah, right? yeah. That was, uh huh. That was weird. Yes. Um, and there was this shot where it's like it's coming around. It's a big Michael Bay shot. Yeah, the Michael Bay circle shot. Yeah, yeah they gave him the Michael Bay shot. Uh, when they uh, got him to do that, they're like, "Can you just direct the scene? I mean, it's your it's your shot. Can you do it?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." So Michael Bay directed his own. So that okay, one, that so one shot is a so Michael Bay at shot. least it's a true Michael Bay shot. At least, so yeah, it was it was Michael Bay doing his own shot. At least it wasn't somebody else trying to do right. his shot while he was there because that, that would have been weird. That happens plenty of times in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I feel like every time it did in the movie, they did it to comedic effect. Like yeah. you see it in the trailer yeah. where it comes around the car and then it hits the. Martin Lawrence yep. opens the door and hits the hydrant. Um, see, and Will Smith, his character Mike, wants to get mad at Marcus for dinging the door on the hydrant, but he's the one pulling up next to a hydrant that's no parking. He doesn't care. Goddamn cops. He's a baller. That's how cops do. Not just a baller, that's how cops do. Um, Michael Bay had some blood advice for the directors. Uh, the day we did that shot, that was the first time we actually met him, and he only gave us one piece of advice. And that advice was, don't fuck up my baby. <laughs> well, it seems to be doing pretty good at the box office. They're pretty so. good, so they, they can say that now and laugh. It's funny that they call that advice. It seems more like a threat. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It sounds like I will run you out of this town yeah. if you fuck this movie up. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like when the bullied kid is like, oh, yeah, me and the bully, we're friends. He hanging all the time. Bully guy walks over, slugs him on the arm, give me a quarter. <laughs> we're friends. Yeah, we're See, friends. We're friends. See, I help him out. <laughs> Uh, I helped. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Good friends. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl twenty twenty. That's today. By the time most people hear this, you'll know that the mm-hmm. won the game. I'll fix that later in post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think a Super Bowl ad costs? Thirty seconds of Super Bowl time to play during the four quarters. Drew. Say so what? How, how much do you think it costs to have a Super Bowl commercial? Uh, what thirty seconds? Yep. Five million dollars. Five point two million. That comes out to one hundred eighty-six point six 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 million dollars. A thousand dollars a second. I actually, there's a reason why I know that. Did you just see it somewhere? Did no, it? I follow uh, Ron Reynolds on Instagram. Yeah, he bought Mint Mobile, so he's like part owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he posted uh, instead of buying a uh, five million dollar ad. ad, we could give two hundred thousand people. Three months of free service. So the fir- so if you sign up for Mint, Mo- Mint Mobile in during the Super Bowl, you get three months free. Oh, there you go, there you go. See, that's sort of what this uh, article is about. No, instead of spending that money, people are finding other ways yes. to do their advertising. Uh, a lot of movie commercials that happens every year for the Super Bowl. That's a big one. Um, these commercials will actually air during pre-game and post-game stuff. Oh, well, I mean, I saw a uh, a Walmart commercial, and uh, if Walmart paid for the commercial, then not only did they pay the $5 million for the 30 seconds, but the amount of images that they licensed, oh my oh, God. Oh, sure, it's crazy. Isn't, uh, oh my God. The, the crap they pull out for... Oh uh, my God. Uh, yeah, I heard about that commercial. 
Yeah, uh, no, seriously, it is just like I'm like in my head, I'm like, this commercial must have been so expensive. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's, the commercial's not even good. It's just expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes for them, that's good enough. Um, during the pregame, there will be, and obviously the stuff will then be online. There will be pregame spots for the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, Sonic the Hedgehog, A Quiet Place Part Two, Top Gun Maverick. Um, there will be spots for Minions, The Rise of Gru, Fast and Furious Nine, uh, Mulan, Black Widow, Onward, and Soul are all for uh, Disney. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, nothing for Venom 2, Wonder Woman 1984, Tenet, or Dune. Well, Dune again is way too early for Dune. Too early for Dune. Christopher Nolan's not, it's not Batman. If it was Christopher, if it was still Christopher Nolan doing Batman, then Batman Batman would be, that would be at the Super Bowl trailer. You advertise Batman, you don't advertise. No, exactly. Christopher Nolan is a name, but he's not not Batman. No, exactly. He's not Super Bowl. No. So that, that I understand. Speaking of Batman. I don't, I don't, the Venom and the Wonder Woman not being there, though, that's, that, that's, that, that surprises me. Wonder Woman could get a, a, a pop for sure. It would be interesting to make it the debut of anything Venom 2, because there's no Venom 2 marketing out there. No. Either. So it'd be interesting for that to be the big splash. Yeah. But then again, Netflix made a splash a couple years ago when they advertised the, Par- the Cloverfield Paradox. No. They dropped the trailer for it, like, oh yeah, and it comes out after the game. People are like, What? <laughs> And then they watched the movie and they were like, oh, We see why you did this. <laughs> good premise, just not that good of a movie. Yeah. It was a fun premise. And it helps explain actually the whole Cloverfield universe no, yeah, it does. in a fun way. I still have to watch that Overlord movie. Did you all watch that nope. one yet? It's pretty well liked. Yeah. In the Hundo and pops yeah. up in Hundos, people seem to like Nazi it. Nazi zombies. Nazi zombies with monsters, supernatural mm-hmm. stuff. Was being reworked <clears throat> during production into a Cloverfield movie. Mm. Paradox came out, not well reviewed. They uh, hit the brakes, pulled back, made let, it just let went, it be back to, uh, went back to its own thing. Um, Robert Pattinson, uh, he said a thing online in an interview about how uh, he's doing things about with, how with stuff about how Batman is not a superhero, okay, because he doesn't have superpowers. Mm, his superpowers money, superpowers money, and just, like, just and like Tony Stark. He's money. Well, Tony, Tony has a little bit more of like a super genius and like. Stark is Ma- more magic super technology. Yeah. Stark is more super genius, allowing for crazy nanotech, like yeah, magical yeah. stuff. Batman is extremely smart. Yes, extremely smart. But he, a lot, a lot of Batman's high technology stuff comes from other places. It's like military tech that yeah. he just funds. Yes, secretly through shell companies. So he said that, and of course, people online got all mad about him. So he says, I wasn't educated about the subject. People got very angry about it. It's bizarre. I still can't understand the argument. Okay, he's a superhero. I'm sorry. The next headline, Pattinson retracts. Batman is, in fact, a superhero. He <laughs> takes it back, end quote. So um, people take this shit too seriously. Uh, I was about to say, sorry, Pattinson, but you're playing Batman. You have to deal with the fanboys now. It sucks, doesn't it? It's not like it's not like it was back in the day where you had to deal with the Twilight fangirls. That's a whole different ballgame than yeah. Fucking comic book fan boys. Yeah, that was different. No, that was so much different. So much better, easier to deal with. Well, okay, exactly. He because he, he could just brush it off as long as he was pretty. It didn't matter, right? But now they're like, oh, you're pretty. It matters. The Obi Wan show got shut down. Drew shut down. They got put into a bit of a production turnaround. Okay. Porque. 
4K. What had happened was, and this is sort of rumored for the why, but it seems that the storyline that they came up with, and uh, they is Deborah Chow, who's the director and showrunner. Mm -hmm. She directed two episodes of The Mandalorian, two of the best ones. And the screenwriter, Hossein Amini, who really broke into the industry in 2011 when he his screenplay for Drive. Oh, okay, yeah, got made. Yeah, became a pretty good movie. Um, and he's turned that into a decent little career for himself since then. Uh, apparently, it got shut down because the show they had come up with was uh, Obi Wan kind of protecting a young Luke. Ooh, what does okay. that sound like? It sounds like a certain Mandalorian show. Yeah, where... Uh, a protector of uh, a young, young thing guy. In a desert planet. Yeah. In a western field. No. Oh, no. Shut it down. New writers. New show. Come on. Obi-Wan. Ronin. That's what they're. That's what it's supposed to be. But now they have to find a way to make these two desert planet-based shows. These two western... Because, again, Star Wars. All oh. the best Star Wars stuff yeah. is based on the westerns. Westerns and samurais. Um, they have to figure out how... So they need to lean more into the samurai aspect. Yeah, no. Obi-Wan, lone samurai. Lone doing samurai. Wh- how, however, whatever weird, wacky, strange places you want to take that. Yeah. But he's not a gunslinger. He's no. He's that lightsaber. No, he's, he, he, he's got the lightsaber. He struggles with doing things that he has to. He has to be good, but he has to also be Because he's still a Jedi. Yes. But he's in he, a new world. And he gets so. called into some horrible situation. Yeah, where yeah, he where he probably does some... Violently. Yeah, where he probably does some really awful things. It has to be that way. Yeah. This is the way. Oh. <laughs> That's Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, come on. We know what we're talking about. Guys, hire us. Hire us. Um, Deborah Chow staying on. Jose Amini's stuff's getting thrown out. Deborah Chow staying on. Ewan McGregor staying on. So it's being delayed now a bit. It's fine. It's being delayed. Like I said. Well, it's being delayed because they want to make it better. Ronan. Yeah, that, you're right. You're right. He's a masterless samurai. You're right. Sticking with Star Wars. What's the best part of Star Wars? The Rise of Skywalker. What was that? What'd you say? Babu Frick? That's right. Babu Frick is the best part of... <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, because he's a tiny puppet. A little puppeteering stuff. Actually, the puppeteering was the best part of that. Yeah. The, the, e- even the, the lady that I fucking called that shit, too. They called that Masconata. <laughs> she had a full-on data suit they were using. Um, <clears throat> the Babu Frick stuff. Yeah. Uh, Shirley Henderson did the voice work. Okay. So she was one going, Babu. She wasn't just the voice. She learned how to operate the puppet so she could be there and do the puppet stuff. So then she was like improving mm-hmm. as Babu Frick, oh. and then she can actually move the mouth and the body and everything. So it was a full on, like, on set improv performance of Babu Frick. Cool. Why this lady? Um, this is the film sound editor. He says she could improv and actually move the character's mouth. She was puppeteering while she was in the improv for the character. She came up with the language and performed it that way. We preserved all her production sounds. That was entirely shot on set live with her own movement. So even the sounds themselves, she didn't go back in ADR or anything. It was actual on set sounds. Um, that was very some real puppet acting. Some real for sure crazy puppet acting going on. Let's see. Do you have any description of the actual puppet here? Um, blah, 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 no. No, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, man, that stuff's awesome. That's that's the stuff that actually makes me want to rewatch it. Yeah. Makes me want to rewatch it more than Last Jedi, which I like Last Jedi more, but this stuff visually has like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. 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 I guess this movie is, yeah. this movie is bananas. Is that a giant tube of clone bodies? Yeah, is that a giant <laughs> tube of Snokes? 
<laughs> what? This movie is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Linda Hamilton out here. Uh, not to praise the Terminator franchise, but to bury it. That's how the phrase goes, right? Okay. Sure. Is that how the... Yeah. That's what he said? Maybe. Uh, she's here to eulogize the Terminator. She was in Terminator Dark Fate. Even during the marketing for that movie, she was like, yeah, I had to be talking to doing this. I had problems with the director. Well, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't see eye to eye on the nature of the character. Which is fine, because the movie's not that good. She goes on to say, now, I really think that the box office is going to be the thing that killed Terminator. Of course, it's the studios that put hundreds of million dollars into a film, but it's just a fickle world in terms of fandom, and maybe they were just worn out by the Terminus that preceded. I don't have any desire to continue. I never did. Uh, she's done a couple interviews now where she's like, I think Terminator's done. I think I mean, it's. You know, s- seriously, just let it, let, let it go. It, just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And maybe in 20 years, somebody comes up with another killer robot. Yes, a whole different killer robot called the Eliminator. Or whatever. And we could get him down with the Eliminator series, and then we could talk about how... Eliminator versus Terminator. No, yeah, we could be like, and see then, how it's cool, then, how it's influenced by... And then fanboys can talk about Robocop versus Eliminator versus Terminator. Yes, exactly, versus... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know how. That's so much better. That's so much better that way. Yeah. Um... I watched this, uh, I think it was for Variety, all these channels, all these things now. Actors break down their iconic roles, whatever. So they had Schwarzenegger talking about his iconic roles, and it's like 35 minutes long. And it was good. It was him talking about the Terminator movies, um, Kindergarten Cop, uh, talking about the Tuma lines, not the Tuma, and how uh, it's also fun seeing his self-awareness about his accent work uh, and how he knows, like, you do certain lines, you don't know what's going to pop, what's not going to pop. So they didn't expect Tuma. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, obviously, my, my accent and the way I say Tuma, the people like it. And he's smiling as yeah. he does. He's like, gets such a kick out of it. It's very funny. He's very Because it's not the Tuma. It's not the Tuma. That's very funny when I say Tuma. It's not the Tuma. Um, and people come up to me and say, say the line. I'm like, what line? What line are you talking oh, which about? One? Which one? Get, get to the chopper. Get down. It's not a tumor. He even references, because <laughs> I dropped my E-R, so you don't get to the chopper. So like that. He references all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, damn, he knows. It's In ways now, it's for sure an act. Uh, like, I heard he goes to Austria regularly just to keep his accent up. No. You know, he doesn't want to lose it, because it's like part of the brand. It is. Um, he's like, because I'm the Terminator. He votes for me if you want to live. And he, I, I, I would, and gladly. I would, yes. <laughs> Let's get rid of that one amendment, that stupid amendment that's in our way. Um, he uh, talked about all these great roles, Kindergarten Cop and, and Twins, and it's fascinating, all the stuff, the great stories about making these things. It's really good, like five, six minutes on each. And then you always put up like the, the title of the movie of the year, title of the movie of the year, and then they go, there's like five minutes left. Ooh, what's the last one they're going to be? Terminator, Dark Fate. Like, oh, this whole thing's an ad for this movie. <laughs> it's all commercial. The only yeah. reason he even did this was because Terminator, Dark Fate. I only do this if I can talk about Dark Fate and how good of a movie it's going to be and how really it's amazing. And um, no, I was like, I ain't watching this shit. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> done. 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 Next video. I'm over it. Um, it's alright. They still got the click. They, they got the click and thirty of thirty of my of their thirty five minutes. <laughs> Top Gun, Maverick. Uh, uh, why did I pull this story? Uh, oh, I think I pulled it because it talks about the work they did. Um, Joe Kaczynski, director of Tron Legacy and Oblivion. These movies look amazing. They look amazing, and he knows how to make a good looking movie. That's why this one, like Tony Scott's mm-hmm. Top Gun, this thing's gonna look great, mm-hmm. no matter about the story. May or may not be. It's gonna look. It's gonna look great. Kaczynski says the experience is thrilling, but physically grueling. The maneuvers that we were putting them through to tell the story were not something they could just jump in and do. 
to have to go through months of aerial training. We put them through a training course that Tom designed himself. He's a licensed aerobatic pilot, and he was thrown into the deep end when he did Top Gun without any training. So he knew they would need to kind of work up to that level. So they started in Cessnas, worked their way up aerobatic airplanes, and then into small single-engine jets before they were in the Super Hornet. Occasionally, it made some of the actors sick, and that even happens to experienced fighter pilots. There's no crew up there, he adds. I'm not up there with him. There's no cinematographer, no hair and makeup. They are responsible for every aspect of the filmmaking process when they're up in those airplanes. Uh, so that includes like the, the super low flying altitude stuff and all that. Uh, for a sequence where Tom got to do some extreme low altitude flying, we had to get special permission from the Navy to do it. It was one of the most extreme aerial sequences that we could come up with. Also get into a real launch off a character and a real landing on a character. No one has been able to ever do that in a movie before. Tom got to fulfill every kind of aviation dream that he had. So uh, they got a pilot up there. That's like in a spot where they can't, where he's not well, yeah, position the camera where he can't see him. I mean, in most of Jets these days, they got two guys, one one in the front who's down lower and then yep. up a little bit higher. There's the guy in the back. Yeah, the second guy. So they just have, uh, they're hiding the, the pilot yeah. and they have them jerking the controls acting like an actual pilot, but then pulling, yeah. pulling G's. Uh, they even have another quote here. 1,600 pounds of pressure. Blech. Yeah, I'd probably throw up. 1,600 pounds of force in the F-18 Super Hornets, which are specially outfitted with up to six IMAX-quality cameras to capture the actors as they pretended to pilot the planes. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Sounds like fun. Um, Studios re-upped their Kodak deals to keep Celluloid alive. I think this is very cool. Um... They were doing um, Kodak Film Awards, Lifetime Achievement Honoree, Quentin Tarantino, Altair Award recipients, Greta Gorig, Noah Baumbach. All their movies were shot on film. What's yeah. Time in Hollywood? Little Women, Marriage Story. Um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was shot on film. That's why it looks great. Irishman was shot on film. A little mix of uh, film and digital. but All the movies all look great. Tenet, shot on film. All the films are always no shot one. on film. Looks great. Uh, Bond was shot on film. I'm excited, yeah, I'm excited it's gonna for be, that. I mean, it's going to look good. Watching the rhythm section, I was like, there's shots of that movie. I'm like, oh, God. I was like, I'm watching the fucking an Amazon pilot <laughs> is what I'm watching. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino calls movies now uh, watching TV in public, which is what it is when you're watching all this digital stuff. Yeah. And there are times, sure, especially the filmmakers, David Fincher embraced digital a while ago, and he does it with filmmakers, uh, cinematographers who shoot purposefully to make their image look as great as possible yeah. so they can make movies look amazing yeah. and then even then I'm watching something like The Girl the Dragon Tattoo someone smokes a cigarette I'm like oh that's the digital Ooh, <laughs> that, that ember is burning bright bright red hot because that light the low light capture is killing you with the with the cigarette um, it was through the tidbits account I wish Steve Etchie was here Steve Etchie shout out to him he's got, he's got a bad back that's has him laid time. up well, I mean but it is, he has laid up the last couple of days mm. unable to do anything really wanted to be here because I had, I had this story I got two stories from one where I'm like he commented I'm pretty sure it was him because I don't think Leslie Joe with this because she doesn't care about movies at all um, the comment I put this in a Facebook group and he commented that the only reason someone would use film is ego because of the cost of film okay um, versus the cost of digital and I wanted him to be here so I explained to him that he's wrong but then also I had another story that that I was like no you write about this one so it was going to be like a nice trade off mm-hmm. he's going to leave feeling good 
But he's wrong, Steve. You wrong. He's not here. I'm pointing to an empty chair. You wrong, Steve, about the film. First off, digital, the cost of digital, that was a myth. That's a myth that has been borne out to be wrong. Yeah. Um, the film itself costs money. Yes. So, yeah, if you're on a set and you got a camera and you're, bur- quote, burning digital, mm-hmm. it's just data. You're not actually, you're yeah. just filling up DV tapes or whatever. Not cards, you're filling up chips. SD cards, chips, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, so the, that cost is different. However, that's where the cost differential ends. All right. Film cameras, far less expensive than digital cameras. Yeah. The digital sensors, the digital lenses, all, all that, that stuff. It, it's so new and, and emerging that it's extremely expensive, like four times the price of a film camera. Uh, it's part of the reason why the Safety brothers still shoot on film. It's cheaper for them, it's, probably. It, a lot of it is cheaper for them. Yeah. Um, the film's more expensive, sure, but then you rehearse, you get this, you get it down, and then you don't burn your film. You get the shot done, and then you're good to go. Um, and that's why their movies are going to look great in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michael Mann movies, Michael Mann, huge filmmaker, has all his money as disposable. Uh, what's that? Public Enemies is the the Johnny Depp one where he's a Dillinger. Oh, yeah. That was shot on digital. Even at the time, looked a little ugh. Yeah. Look at it now. It's like, did he shoot this with a, a, a DV camera? He bought a Best Buy for $350? <laughs> like, shit. It does not look good. Um, especially for a movie that's like time period specific. It takes place in the 50s. Yeah, so why are you shooting in digital? Are you going to shoot it on digital? It looks weird. 40s? How when did that take place? Anyway. Um, the cost of digital storage, digital conversion, all of that is more expensive. The only place where digital actually saves money is the, um, the shipping of the films. Yeah. Right. So that saves money to the exhibitors and then they don't have to hire projectionists anymore. Cause now it's just a kid download play. Yeah. Um, so the actual cost savings really doesn't come too much to the actual filmmakers themselves outside of the film stock and uh, all the other cost overruns for the equipment and for the, uh, the, the storage and all that other crazy shit. Like I want to store my film. It's here's my film. It's in a canister. It's good. I want to watch it. Let me shine a light through this strip and I can see it Mm -hmm. digital. How are you going to show that without all the proper equipment? How are you going to maintain all that stuff throughout the years? And as equipment upgrades happen, are you going to go back and maintain all that shit? I mean, that's the difference between analog and digital, Chris. We're going to lose a lot of stuff over the years. First EMP that happens that takes out a whole yeah. eastern seaboard. We're gonna lose a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, it's like just taking a magnitude of country yep. and oh boy, it's gonna be bad. So I, Steve is wrong. Steve is wrong. It's it's not more. It's more than ego. It's aesthetic also. It's film green. It just looks, it looks good. Better. Yeah, it looks it better. It just looks good. Um, it's the same thing with practical effects in CG. Yes, hundred percent. It just looks good. Uh, the thing he was right about is the this just broke. Uh, audio was just released. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I've heard about this. No, this is wild. So, uh, Johnny Depp got canceled by Me Too culture for uh, uh, being abusive to Amber Heard. Okay, right? right? And she went to court yep. and sued him, and all this crazy shit happened. And he got dragged through the mud, and people were like, "Cancel Johnny Depp." Now it's hashtag Justice for Johnny Depp. Now it's the, it's been flipped because uh, I guess he had the audio. I don't know how this came out, but audio came out of him talking to her. And him being like, like I'm concerned for you. I think you're gonna hurt yourself. And she's like laughing at him and calling him pathetic. And then he's like, Well, you're like, why are you hitting me? Why are you abusing me? And she's like, Oh, you deserve it. So she treated him like, like shit. shit. <laughs> like, so they, they both treated each other like shit. But no, nah, she treated him even worse apparently because apparently she was uh, putting cigarettes out on his face. Uh, that's his money maker, man. Yeah, that's his money maker. She put a cigarette out right, right on his face, on his cheek. There's pictures of that. 
Um, I don't know if this picture is real, but apparently what happened is real. Uh, she cut off the tip of his finger. Oh. Like just straight up, yeah. like a good solid mm. half inch maybe of his finger. Like up to the knuckle, uh, a pointer finger. Um, she threw stuff at him, hit him. Then was also then there's also the emotional abuse yep. and the verbal abuse, and and then um, presenting yourself to the world as I'm the angel, yes. he's abusive. Yeah. Then meanwhile, he's the one taking all the abuse. So it's a real bummer. Uh, that's what I've been th- with the information age we're in now and mm-hmm. culture and the way it, it's a fire that builds and it gets out of hand and then uh, and then you want to believe all women you still want to believe all women I still believe all women but then there's also now the whole gross thing where this is where feminism gets gross online especially white feminism mm-hmm. like, I've been reading about white feminism for years the uh, people are like well I don't care that she did all this because men have been abusive to women for years blah blah, blah. so then other people are like yo sister no <laughs> like <laughs> feminism isn't about holding one gender above the other it's about all genders are equal so all things being equal which is what the way it's supposed to be what she's doing is just as fucked yes. up and she needs to have all the, all the same consequences yeah. uh, so that character is getting recast in Aquaman 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah for sure uh, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. That's a toxic relationship. Uh, and uh, oof, oof, oof. So Steve was right about that because he was pro Depp. I don't know where he got his info from. He was just going from the gut, I think. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> and, and, Joe was right. It just happened to be right on that one. Uh, but you know, a blind acorn find, finds a nut every now and then. That is not how that saying works. You know how it is. Uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the pussy. So that's how. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. That's how it goes. It's just like Julia Childs always said. She was an old French lady for for our younger listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew, Chris, I'm about halfway through the news stories. We have <laughs> Paul Rubin speaking of the Safety Brothers approached them is approaching them to uh, make his Pee Wee movie. His rated R Pee Wee movie. His rated R Pee Wee movie. He's been wanting to make for years. He's had a script where Pee Wee yeah. gets uh, into drugs and alcohol, gets all fucked up. It's a redemption story, ultimately, I believe. Um, Judd Apatow didn't want it and he said hey I'll do a movie with you but write me something more traditional Pee-wee yeah. and that's how he got that Pee-wee's uh, big holiday movie mm-hmm. that came out on Netflix a few years ago then he rewrote a script went back to Apatow Apatow's like I'm still not interested in your dark Pee-wee script uh, so Safety Brothers might be so he's been shopping it he talked to the Safties they are interested they're talking so nothing that, set in stone that could but be fun that could be fun a, a low down dirty low budget shot on film yep Dark pee High movie. anxiety, dark pee High anxiety, dark pee <laughs> Drugs! <laughs> <laughs> Coke! <laughs> I definitely see it. Fast and Furious 9 has a title. Okay. You want to take a guess what it is? Let's recap the titles first before we tell you. We, all right, it goes. The Fast and the Furious. Two, I have them in front of me, too. I have them yeah. in front of me. And also, I argue with this. The Fast and the Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. The Fast and the Furious, colon, Tokyo Drift. Yes. Drop the thus. Fast and Furious. Yes. Okay. Fast Five. Yes. Okay. This is where I take issue. This says Fast and Furious Six. Furious Six. It's just Furious Six. <laughs> That's what it says in the movie. Yeah. So Furious Six. Furious Seven. Because that also is just yeah. Furious Seven, yeah. the title card. The fate of the furious. Yeah, but they they did it right. They the fate. Fate, not the not fast the furious four life three. <laughs> the fate of the furious. So that in mind, Jersey Cogger, yeah. finally started to get cute. 
they fucked around with the dollars and the numbers in the end <laughs> and the number and then they're starting to get cute with the fate what do you think you do with the nine I, I, I don't even know no idea no. no idea how do you feel about f9 oh just f9 <laughs> just f9 is that a thing is it f9 a thing I don't, <laughs> I don't think so it is now it's a movie f9 can we get like F squared nine? Because <laughs> it's Fast and Furious. Wouldn't that be nine? Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift Cubed. <laughs> Maybe. Because the third one. Yeah. Um, to the third power. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Going back to Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nine. <laughs> nine. Nine. Coming out this year. Nine. They also put out a bunch of posters. Uh, and then Billy did a funny thing where. Do we have the posters here in this article? Yeah. Where he took the John Cena one. Or even from a distance, it looks wonky as fuck. He took the John Cena poster and he compared it to the Duke Nukem face. And he was like, this high-def Duke Nukem reboot is weird. <laughs> you know what? That might be fun. Right? I, w- I would love to see if a Duke- John-, John Cena as the Duke Nukem guy. Shake it, baby. Also, look at his arms. That's Photoshop crazy. That's ridiculous. Or, or may- his arms aren't that big. Or, but also it's or maybe ridiculous. he got on that fucking that rock diet. He's on the rock diet. It's like, hey, Rock, I'm just moving with Vin Diesel. I have to make him feel small. <laughs> Rock's like, I hear you, brother. I got you. <laughs> I can help you do that. I, I love doing that. It's my favorite thing to do, too. <laughs> Make him feel like a tiny little, yeah, you know, I drink Coronas because of my character. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Sure you do. Um, also, Inter- your Bloodshot movie's PG-13. Oh. Lame wad. Boo. Is it really? Yeah, damn it. Um, Wes Anderson's new movie, The French Dispatch, has released its full title. Hmm. Have you heard it? No. It is... The French Dispatch of the Liberty, Kansas Evening Sun. Okay. Uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Screenplay Wes Anderson. Story by Wes Anderson. Roman Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, and Hugo Guinness. I don't know who that last person is. But Schwartzman and Coppola are constant uh, um, co-writers. Yeah. Let me see. Starring Benicio Del Toro. Thank you. Adrian Brody. Leah Sadu. Francis McDermott. Timothy Chalamet. Yes. I don't know this one. Lina... Look this up, Drew. L-Y-N-A. Kudry. K-H-O-U. I'm going to be Lina. Lina. And then K-H-O-U. I'm sure it'll come up. K-H. There we go. Jeffrey Wright. Matthew Almerick. Stephen Park. I don't know. Bill Murray and Owen Wilson. She's 27 from Algiers. From Algiers. Is she an actress then? Yes. Don't know. Looks like a Jessica Alba clone. Um, the French Dispatch brings to life a collection of stories from oh, the quine- she's, she's French she's French French Algerian perfect French Dispatch brings to life a collection of stories from the final issue of an American magazine published in a fictional 20th century French city alright alright it sounds delightfully pretentious and quirky and I am in I was about to say there's gonna be lots of berets <laughs> and baguettes also I love that <laughs> I love that he his whole career has been a riff on French New Wave. Yeah. He's just been doing Truffaut. Yeah. Over the entire and time. Over and over yeah, and people and over. love it. And the people are like, oh, is this new wonderful style he does. Like, it's just, he's just, he's like, it, it's old French stuff. Yeah. He's, he's just, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just really making old French movies and you guys aren't paying attention. He, so he just, he just has better taste than this. <laughs> That's all it is. Someone, I'm so waiting for someone to start remaking, straight up remake Sage and Suzuki movies and be hailed a genius. Yeah. Uh, Somebody will. They will. It's not going to be me because I don't have the time or money. Um, a producer named Dan Lin says Lethal Weapon 5 will happen. 
So is he ever going to be too old for that shit? I know. That's not the joke. That's the joke, right? That's the joke. Yeah. Well, when will they finally be too old for this shit? I think we're too old for this shit. I mean, I think Danny Glover's too old for that shit. Danny Glover for sure too old. Martin Riggs, uh, uh, Mel Gibson, too racist for this shit. Lethal Weapon 2, they fought racist. And now they're going to bring him back to be, and we're gonna pretend, to be like, I'm not We're going to pretend racist? Mel Gibson's not a racist. Horrible racist. Racist bigot. Uh, uh, woman hitter. Uh, abusive son of a bitch. Freedom. Um, freedom. Yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> uh, they want to make it. Fuck them. Fuck them. Um... Under the Skin, TV show. That's the appropriate face to make. <laughs> That's the correct face you want to make. One of horror and disdain and like, what? Yes. A24 and Silver Reel. They co-produced the movie together and they're now arguing who's going to get to make the TV show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Mi- Michael Michel. The Michel Faber book, Under the Skin, was turned into a movie in 2013. Uh, silver real wild movie. Oh shit! Silver real was involved in appointing administrators last year to carve up its assets, the equivalent of filing for a Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. TV rights are now essentially being sold to the highest bidder. So enter A two four, trying to snatch in and get those rights back. Uh, so we'll see. Cool. Under the I highly recommend the book. It's a great book. Easy read, kind of short, maybe 200, 225 pages. Um, and if you see the movie and you're like, I, I don't understand what's going on, read the book because it'll fill in those gaps for you. No. Um, I don't think it's necessary. Movie. I had so much fun I enjoyed, not knowing what the fuck is going on. I love the movie as it is. <laughs> and trying to put it all together in your own head afterwards. Yeah, I love it as it is. And honestly, have you seen the movie and, he, and he, we talk about it, we piece together, oh, it's aliens, we're doing this, to harvesting people. When you read the book, it's like, oh yeah, we're right. Yeah. Now it's just like, well, here's what they're doing with the bodies and the reasoning. And gets more into the, the mindset of the main character who is becoming more in touch with the humans and humanity. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then, of course, is uh, killed by humans. Yeah, they slaughtered. Yeah. Um, and then we teased this earlier. Is this the last story I have here? Yes, it is. Rusa Cogburn, the Thing remake based on the original novel in the works at Universal and Bloomhouse. Um, I was still going super horror with it. Right, because it's Bloomhouse. No. Right, sure. Uh, which they've always done. They've, they've always gone horror with it. That 20 something prequel remake thing. That was more was, like a sci-fi action movie than anything. Yeah, they didn't lean enough into the horror of what was happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, the great part, I mean... I think that was just a misread of, yeah. um, of what it could have been. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, the warmest place to hide. Yes, the warmest place <laughs> to hide is in an igloo with a fire in it. Because all the heat gets trapped in the... Yeah, yeah. No, it's you, Chris. You're, you're oh, the warmest place to hide. I am pretty warm. <laughs> I, I, I am pretty warm. I'm like a human tauntaun. I thought they smelled bad. Honey, what did it say? On, On the, the outside? outside? Yeah. I did take a shower, didn't I? It smells like ginger right now. Um, John W. Campbell Jr.'s Who Goes There is a short novella that was adapted um, into a movie back in the 50s, into um, The Thing from Another World. Uh, this says that it was released in August 38 in Astounding Science Fiction right, as, in a magazine. Uh, but because it was a magazine, it was cut down, mm-hmm. right? 
in 2018, a novel-length version of the book was discovered. Okay. Somebody uh, got the, like, the original printing of it. Yes. The Kickstarter was launched to release the entire novel titled Frozen Hell. And that is what's being turned into the movie. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Um, and it's cool. I'm fine with it. Just for the same reason that I'm fine with... Um, just please... Oh, oh, I'm all gassy. Just, just please call the movie Frozen God. Hell. That'd be cool. I would like that. Don't call it the thing. No. Then there's a third. Yeah. The thing no, that it, we have to just call it Frozen Hell. Did you see the thing? Do yourself a favor. Which one are you talking about? The one with Joel Edgerton? No. You talking about the one that came out with the Bloomhouse? No. I'm talking about the thing. Um. Yeah. Call it something else. Call it Frozen. Hell. Even the thing Frozen. Hell. Just call it something else. No. Just call it Frozen. No. Frozen Hell would be a good title. That's a good title. And uh, I mean, you could call it like a thing or what is that thing in the movie, but don't have it. But separate it. But I'm totally in theory. I'm totally fine with it because it's, it's a remake of a remake of a remake of a. You know, it's, yeah. it's how many times? Yeah. It's, who cares? It's like being mad about the remaking Scarface, being mad about remaking Maltese Falcon, or anything that's already a remake itself. You know, or a new adaptation of the Little Women. There's been five of them. So what? Or eight of them? You gonna be mad about a ninth one? Yes. Uh, Ten Commandments. So what? It, Very doing, angry. Just do another one. Who gives a shit? They're doing the crow again. So what? So I don't care. Who gives a fuck? Just relax, guys. Just relax. Um, so I'll see it, probably. Most likely. Yeah, I'll probably be all CG I mean, shit. Don't do CG, guys. I mean, They're going to do CG. In all reality, every version of The Crow that you're going to get on screen is going to pale in comparison to the weirdness of that fucking comic book. Yeah, right? What if they do the comic book? <sighs> it's going to be rated R. It might as well be fucking... It might as well be done by Bloomhouse. I think they're all rated R. Yeah, and they make it cheap. Jason Momoa was supposed to be the crow for a minute there. That fell apart. No. It's too big to be the crow. Yeah. It's got to be a little weirdo. Yeah, exactly. Think like Itchy the Killer. Yes. Correct. Ah. Stupid audio shenanigans. Snap, crackle, pop. Snap, crackle, pop. Brings us to the end of the episode. So that's it. We had a movie news stories. We did them all. Jersey Cogburn. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sir. We are done. Uh, time to go home and watch a Super Bowl game in which we will see the uh, win the game. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for it. Um, on behalf of Jersey Cogburn and myself and uh, on behalf of uh, Sylvester Stallone and of course on, on the behalf <laughs> We're done, guys. That's it. That's the episode. We do. Cinema Crespo Tiso, a PFT Media production.